You're with Julian on the brown note and a review of Barbie. You may have heard of it. One of the great... When, back in the early 90s, Blur faced off against Oasis uh, with their head-to-head -head battle in the charts. And it was a huge benefit to both acts. It generated so much intrigue and interest. And I don't know why uh, cinema hasn't done this more often because it was a genius ploy. <clears throat> Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer was an R-rated film that would have had a limited potential audience and it undoubtedly has benefited massively from association with Barbie and Barbie has generated enormous interest from its association with Oppenheimer and they've both become this cinematic event happening at an incredible crossroads in cinema as well for two reasons one is I've been moaning about the comic book superhero films dominating cinema for the last five years. And even though they won't give up continually pummeling more and more properties into the dust, ever since Endgame, the entirely aptly named MCU finale for me, Endgame, the films have got crap, often with characters that are far less interesting, often with insanely high break-even points of 600 million and $200 million shooting budgets, and just failure after failure, Doctor Strange 2, Thor 4, um, The Eternals, um, recently Shazam and Flash back-to-back, -back, possibly both looking at like a couple of hundred million dollar losses. Films we don't really care about, or films made much worse than the MCU heyday, at some point it has to end. And this year, we're see ironically, we're seeing some very big commercial properties break that loop. So we've had the Mario movie do the biggest business of the year, which is obviously a huge corporation film, but at the same time, very different to the paradigm of the last 15 years of superhero movies. And Barbie as well, another massive corporate entity thing. So not exactly um, indie films breaking through and taking over per se, but different kinds of films so it's a, it's a real crossroads moment because I don't understand why the people making the comic book superhero movies are just continuing to do so with such enormous budgets when they're getting film after film is just collapsing but the other crossroads of course is getting people to go to the cinema in an era of 75 inch 4k home cinemas and streaming services and that's something that Barbenheimer has managed to do it has had the the biggest weekend at the cinema forever it's um encouraged people to go to the cinema I went to see it so I mean I haven't really done that very often in recent times in fact the irony is the I, the last big event cinema thing I went to was Tenet by Christopher Nolan which was terrible and that was in the midst of covid which was another it's almost like working from home covid accelerated the whole notion of home cinema as you know the way covid accelerated what was already coming for working from home so it's and, and it's a really interesting paradigm and it feels like an epochal moment in cinema and it's also a bit sad. I feel really sorry for uh, Tom Cruise. I don't know what they were thinking. They spent like four years, four COVID disruptive years making 
arguably the greatest Mission Impossible film yet, but what they were thinking releasing it two weeks out from Barbenheimer, where they were dependent on a huge second week figure for one of the most expensive films ever made, when everyone in the cinema the following weekend was going to see either Oppenheimer or Barbie. I, why didn't they push it out another two, two or three weeks ahead of this curve? All of the oxygen in the cinematic world was hoovered up by these two films. So everyone knows the story. Margot Robbie plays Barbie and the fact that um, the indie darling Greta Gerwig and her partner Noah Baumbach, another indie filmmaking darling, um, she did Little Women and Lady Bird to huge acclaim, has one of the most over-promoted films in history. Like, the marketing budget must have dwarfed the, produ- uh, the shooting budget for this film. It's been going on for months, the, the publicity relating to this, and it's worked by miles. Um, she's made a film about Barbie, which is through a modern lens and with her... It's not the Super Mario Brothers it's not it's not a trite evocation. I like the Super Mario Brothers movie way more than I expected, but there was no writing in it at all. Whereas this is a, a you know it's, it's an examination of Barbie through the lens of how men and women treat each other, um, and uh, you know an aesthetically day glow universe, um, and and fascinated everyone, as in what is going to happen with this? Was well, it any good? Well, it is actually. Um, I think the two things that really... I mean, basically, we get the, the basic plot is that Barbie starts is lives in this perfect world. Every day is perfect. Everyone in government is a woman. Everyone who's a doctor is a woman. Every position of power is women. Every day is perfect. The Kens are just there to facilitate them and bask in their glow. And one day, Margot Robbie's Barbie and... She exists as one of many Barbies, and there are many Kens, all played by different actors. She starts feeling sad, and suddenly the wheels start to come off her perfect world. So she is encouraged by Greta Gerwig herself, who plays Weird Barbie, the one that's tortured and burnt with a cigarette lighter. Um, not in the film, I mean, like what kids used to do, so apparently. She says, you have to go to the real world, not Barbie land, but the real world and find the little girl who's playing with you because her mental state is is flowing from her into you. So she goes, Ken, who can't exist without her, tags along with her to the real world. And then we get the genius of the plot, which is once Ken's in the real world, he discovers that actually women aren't in charge here, men are. And he's never seen that before. So he becomes besotted with the notion of the patriarchy. And he tries to take the patriarchy back to Barbie land and it become a male-dominant society. And that's the plot of the film, which is really clever. It's really well done. In fact, the two biggest plus points in this movie aren't the ones that are being sung about. I thought Ryan Gosling was really good. I've seen him better in, you know, Crazy Stupid Love, uh, The Next Guys, The Big Short. He's been comedic genius in so many films. He never gets the credit for it. And he was great. But Margot Robbie was absolutely sensational in this film, and no one's really saying it. She glows through this film, and she's so surface, like all of her emotions are so easy and understandable to read. She's pitch perfect. And the other is Gerwig's screenplay, which is a really clever 
screenplay, which touches on all of the elements of women's place and feminism in society today, and also male incel culture and patriarchy. And despite what these nerds like Ben Shapiro are saying when they burn their Barbies, look, people like Ben Shapiro and Piers Morgan simply hitch their wagon to what's in the news. They're self-publicists. They don't really stand for anything. And the problem with the right is everything is either black or white to them. So your friend or foe. The Sound of Freedom comes out, 100% our friend. Barbie comes out, 100% our enemy. It's an amazingly even-handed look at the, the rivalry and position of both male and females in the world today. It's certainly not an anti-men film. And I thought they were pretty... I mean, it's, for a start, it's a film from a woman's perspective, which is incredibly important here. So the women's perspective dominates. But they offer a really quite even-handed um, take on what drives men to become people like incels. And the fact that, you know, Ken's been downtrodden his whole life, taken for granted, has no agency. So when he's offered this universe where he's king, it's so attractive. And I thought it was really clever. Um, and also I really liked uh, the two side character humans I thought were excellent. America Ferrara is every bit as good as Gosling as a side character, brings intense humanity to the role, and her speech about a woman's place, about how you can never be too much of one thing and not enough of another and so on you have to be pretty all the time but don't you dare be too pretty because then you'll be judged in this way is um, one for the ages and the most important moment in the film and she's great but also um ariana greenblatt turned up in 65 the um adam driver star in sci-fi film which is um i gave it a six out of ten i thought it was better than the trashing it got it's doing very well on streaming and I sat there thinking, is this girl from Infinity War? She's everywhere now. She's the one that played young Zamora. What did it cost in Infinity War? She's great here as well. And you get Will Ferrell. I thought he was all right. I didn't think his character amounted to much. And also um, the Michael Cera character of Alan is kind of like the um, soy boy. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really understand what his character was there for. Um, if there's any flaws in this film, it's a ta at times it drags. Given its high-octane world, um, it does drag on occasion, and it does get a bit flat on occasion. They're probably the only two major problems that I would have with it. Um, but overall, it's um, very clever, very interesting to look at, and has a very strong uh, screenplay. Um, the writing in it is excellent. And at the top, Margot Robbie. I don't know why people aren't screaming about how great she is in this film. She is spectacular in it. Um, so overall, yeah, it's a, it's a really good film, just shy of greatness, probably due to some of it being a bit flat and draggy. So I'm going to give Barbie a 8 out of 10.